Welcome to the Bible Conversation Podcast with Chris, Dan, and Dylan. Let's have a conversation. So today I want to ask our audience, what do you really know about Catholicism? It is now estimated that there are approximately 1.3 billion baptized Catholics worldwide as of 2018. And it's also said to be the world's oldest and largest uh, continuing international institution. You know, on every continent, there is a Catholic church right now. And so because of these facts alone, whether we are Catholic or not Catholic, it's almost irrelevant because at some point in our life, some point in your life, you will become familiar with the institution and perhaps even intimately familiar with it. What actually, this is actually what leads me into my next introduction here is today we have a special guest with us, uh, Greg Wilson. He's a member of the local church here at Keller. And those of you who know him will probably spend some time in prayer thanking God for him because he's a, a wonderful guy to know. Uh, he has a rich knowledge of the Bible, in my opinion, and he's active in teaching others and continuing the mission of Jesus Christ to spread his kingdom abroad. Greg spends a lot of time with um, mission teams and, and helping in those efforts. But Greg, interestingly, comes from a very unique background. Uh, at one time, Greg was a member of the Catholic Church. But then he left the Catholic Church, and he became a member of the Church of Christ. So today, I think we're going to let Greg do a lot of the talking, uh, but I'm sure the rest of the guys here will have some questions and maybe some experience of their own to share as well, and hopefully we'll, we'll give you all um, some, some things to talk about. So Greg, why don't you just go ahead, get us started today, and tell us a little bit about your experiences with the Catholic Church first, and then I imagine when you're ready to discuss why you left, uh, that'll be a, a good springboard for us to get into God's Word a little bit as well, and, and talk about the Catholic Church from a, a biblical perspective. Well, what I'll do is I'll just basically tell my story. So I was born and raised Catholic, originally from Grayville, Mississippi, uh, Everybody I knew was Catholic. Catholicism is pretty big in the South. Um, and so I grew up Catholic. Um, as, as Paul would say, he was a Jew of Jews. I was Catholic of Catholics. Uh, I was a altar boy. Um, I grew up uh, serving uh, within the church from being an altar boy. Um, graduated, went off to the military. And it was kind of funny. The um, someone looked at my my dog tags and they said, "Oh, they made a mistake. They put your Catholic on here." And I said, "I am. What's the mistake?" Because uh, I guess <laughs> they, they hadn't seen a, a black Catholic before. I guess, but um, <laughs> but anyway, went on and um, attended Sacred Heart Catholic Church in Greenville, Mississippi. Uh, it was literally a block from my house. So we'd walk there and go around uh, to service. Uh, now, when Tanya and I first got married, uh, we went back and she came to, we would celebrate Christmas at uh, my parents' house and we'd celebrate Thanksgiving at her parents' house. So um, we, so she had her first Christmas, she got there and uh, kind of our family rituals, we would cook and have food ready for Christmas. Then we go to midnight mass and midnight mass was 11 o'clock. You come back at one thirty, two o'clock in the morning. And that's when we celebrate Christmas. We'd open gifts, we'd eat and everything. And she was like, you guys are crazy. You guys are eating a regular full dinner meal at two thirty in the morning. Um, 
And so, anyway, so went off and uh, came, ended up, uh, got stationed in Omaha, Nebraska, and I found another Sacred Heart Catholic Church. So I, um, I attended there, uh, got really, really serious, uh, had an invitation to go to a seminary. This was at the time when they, um, when they, at one point they, that loosened the restrictions regarding, uh, people serving, um, as a, um, serving as a, a minister, uh, as a priest. Uh, but I, I knew that wasn't for me, but I was going to join a diaconate and, um, the diaconate is basically what we call a deacon. Um, but with the two notable exceptions, um, as a member of the diaconate, uh, you cannot forgive sins, which according to uh, Catholicism, uh, preach, um, priests have the ability to do. And that was one other thing that you couldn't do as a member of the diaconate. Um, I don't recall what that other thing was, but I was going to do that. So I was in Omaha. I, uh, I wanted to be a Catholic apologist. And I even had gotten a Catholic radio show. And uh, I was about to go off into the diaconate. It was a two-year program. And my father got sick, took a, um, and I, being in Nebraska, it was a long 12 hours to get to Mississippi. So I wanted a much shorter trip. So I took a job here uh, so I could be closer. Great opportunity. And so came here. Met my wife, we got married. We agreed that when we got married, we'd have to raise our kids Catholic. Uh, that was the rule uh, that we established up front. Tanya was not Catholic, she was Baptist. And so we would attend two services every Sunday. We go to a Catholic service from nine to 10. And because of her belief, she didn't consider um, that a service, a uh, a Christian service, and I didn't consider Baptist service a service. Mm -hmm. So we leave there, drive to Dallas, and we go to her service. So we did that for years. Um, we had Naya a couple of years after we got married, and about 11 months into it, it was January of 2003, um, it was time for her to get uh, baptized. And so we got her, uh, we got her baptized, and it just so happens her child her babysitter was a member of the Lord's church and she asked me she said why did you get her baptized I said oh that's what you're supposed to do and she said um would you be interested in studying the bible uh and about this I said absolutely I enjoyed I've had tons of debates with people on uh the scriptures and sadly I won most of them um and I after became a member of the church, I realized I knew very little about God's word. Um, and so uh, we sat down, we started doing Bible studies there. Every Tuesday night, she invited us to come to a, uh, after a while, she invited us to come worship. There she was at Rock Hill Church of Christ in Frisco. And um, we ended up just never going back. We started this study probably in, in January, February time frame, 2003, Tanya was baptized in June and I got baptized in probably August. Uh, the interesting thing about it was um, I had, I had really good relationships with 
uh, the local bishops, even the bishops back in Omaha. And I remember calling up what I'm saying, hey, man, I'm out of ideas. I don't this lady is showing me stuff that I've never seen before. I can't say it's wrong because it's in the Bible. What do I tell her? And finally, we had a meeting with the priest at St. Francis of Assisi in Frisco and kind of walked through it. And he just said, uh, I can't tell you enough it's wrong. He said, it's clearly in the Bible. We just don't think God is that mean. And I said, you what? He said, yeah, I just don't think God is that mean. He said, you got to be kidding me, right? Is that it? He's like, no. I said, okay. And um, I got baptized <laughs> soon after that conversation, within days. And that kind of began my, uh, my walk in Christ. Um, so that's kind of how I got from where I was to being added to the Lord's church in uh, 2003. Wow. You know, Greg, as you're retelling that story, um, that, that account of your life, um, I think it's really cool. Just really jumps out to me that, that this young lady who's just babysitting your kids, um, sees an opportunity. Um, she, she saw an opportunity to, to share her faith. Um, and so I, I think that's, that's notable, but also I wanted to ask you what was, you said there, there's things that she was showing you that you're like, I, I've not seen this before. Um, can you share a few of those with us? Um, if you, you know, recall exactly what, uh, how she was sharing things from scripture with you. Um, uh, I, I'm, I'm curious to, to know, you know, what, what are some of these things that you didn't hear in the Catholic church um, that are, that are clearly in scripture? Well, one of the things, I don't know if you've ever attended a Catholic service. Um, I've attended a, a Catholic funeral, but I don't know if that's the same thing as mass. Yeah. No, a Catholic service is very unique. So uh, in Catholicism, everyone preaches the same thing every Sunday around the entire Catholic church. You have a book called a lectionary. And in that lectionary, it has what you're going to study, everybody in the world. So there are three scriptures that will be read. Uh, there'll be one from the gospel, one from the Old Testament, uh, and then one from the New Testament. So those are only three scriptures that will ever be read. And most people, not most people, uh, I've never seen, I don't think anybody brings a Bible to a Catholic church. You're not really encouraged to read the Bible uh, because you're given this book called the lectionary and those three scriptures are listed and they, they just translate in different languages. Um, and so because of that, and then the, the priest will give, get up and will give what they call a homily, and that homily will be tangentially related to those scriptures, but there will be no other scriptures mentioned at all. It's, it's normally a story about something that happened, a viewpoint, et cetera. Uh, very unlike what you see in a, a Church of Christ uh, uh, lesson. And so because of that, pretty much everything she said I'd never heard before. Uh, big things that, that stuck with me were things like one of the things with priests, you refer to them as father, whatever their last name is, or it could be their first name, Father Joseph, Father this, you know, the do not call any man on earth your father other than your father in heaven. Uh, we, you know, just walking through the plan of salvation, uh, uh, hear, believing, uh, repent, confess, and being baptized, and just asking the question, you know, if you're 11 month old daughter just got baptized 
we're pretty sure she can hear, uh, but how can she believe? How can she uh, repent? How can she confess? It's not possible to do those things. And so if those are requirements to be added to the Lord's church, how can a person who is incapable of doing those things be added to the Lord's church? And you go over to Acts 19, where it talks about um, uh, where they didn't understand what baptism really was. And it's, and you realize that if you're, if you are not baptized properly, then you really were never baptized. Um, so, you know, it's looking at things like that. Um, and no, there were, I mean, you could go, I could go on for days just because in reality in the Catholic church, the Bible is not really, it's not the focus of, you don't go, you don't spend, you know, here you hear everything is book, chapter, verse. It's not that way of Catholicism. You know, Catholicism is based on the Bible, but there's a whole lot of tradition that go in with it that has nothing to do with the Bible. Wow, that, that's really interesting to hear, um, especially, you know, I don't have a whole lot of experience with Catholicism, um, but it's interesting to me that, that you were, you know, going to deacon school, if you will, I, I forget what you call it, um, but you're looking at, at moving up in the Catholic Church and being one of their leaders and their teachers, and um, yet, like you're saying, there's things in Scripture that you hadn't even heard before, um, so that that's pretty interesting. Would you say that is, you know, pretty consistent over across the Catholic church that, that there are, are men who, who are looking into the leadership of the Catholic church who are, who are stepping into those roles and, and were out in the same boat you were. Yeah. I would say if you are a lay member, um, you know, most people, my experience couldn't even tell you what the various rituals within a Catholic church means. You just know them. You know, I spent 28 years uh, uh, in Catholicism. So much so, when Tanya and I went to Israel in 2018, um, we went with uh, a Church of Christ preacher and did a Holy Land trip. And we just happened to be uh, um, at the Mount where the Beatitudes was done. There was another group right to the next, uh, just to our right, probably 100 yards, 150 yards. And it was a, a Catholic group. And they walked through the Catholic service. And if you've ever been to a Catholic service, it's a group of the preacher says something and you respond and you go back and forth throughout the service. And literally, even to this day, uh, when we were there, uh, everything he said, I, the response just came natural because you do it you know, 20,000 times over your life, you just never forget it. Um, wow. But it, it's, it's more, you, you really don't spend a lot of time going deep into the word like you do in a, a Catholic service. So therefore, I can't speak for the priests because if you went to them with a scriptural concept, they could go and give you, the, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure they could give you the book, chapter and verse, but as a lay member, that's really never where your focus is. You know, if you go to any person who's Catholic, you will see the biggest, most beautiful Bibles that you've ever seen in your life sitting on their table. They'll be dusty because they've never been open, but, uh, but you'll see them there. Hmm. Would you that's say just not a part of uh, what, what, the, what you do? Most of my family is, is Catholic and um, I am 
one, the first question, I guess, is would you say that the Catholic Church indoctrinates its members in order that they just believe everything that comes out of the words of the priest, that comes out of the words of the bishops, and ultimately that comes out, I guess, not the words, but of the mouth of the Pope, uh, that it just is a, it's an indoctrination from the time that they're born. Would you say that's an accurate assessment? I would not call it a indoctrination. Okay. I would just simply call it a teaching. Okay. It's, uh, well, one, you taught that, well, one, they just don't focus on it. And if you only attend Catholic services, then you just simply think that's the way it is. Uh, so it's not like someone takes you in a room and says, okay, this is what we believe in. And just, well, you, I mean, you are taught what you believe, just like in, you know, the Church of Christ, we're taught what we believe. Um, but it's, it's not, I mean, I think it's just simply that it's their teaching. And because of that, because you're never encouraged to bring a Bible, uh, you, you hear those three scriptures, you hear the homily, which is that lesson for the Sunday. And that's all you hear. And so it just becomes more of a, I wouldn't say indoctrination, but more of a habit pattern. It's just, that's just what you do. That's what the service consists of. Okay. That's fair. I was, I was curious. I, and that's personally why I asked you is as I was, as I was listening to you talk, that was the word that came to mind. Um, and I didn't know if that was a, a fair, uh, fair word to use or not. And, um, so anyway, the second question I have is how do you approach someone who is Catholic and attempt to teach them about the truth of the gospel? How do you go about doing that? I would say the most people that I've approached that were Catholic outside of my family were not very receptive. Um, there's a, a thought within the Catholic church that, um, you know, go, we, we go back to 325, the Nicene Creed, and this is the, uh, the original religion. If you think about the way religion is taught, you know, you have Catholic and then you have Protestant, either you're Catholic or you're Protestant. And that term Protestant comes from protesting the Catholic church. So it is taught as this, this is the original church and everyone else is just protesting the teachings of the church. Um, and so uh, it's very much viewed as, at least put this way, and I don't want to claim to speak for all Catholic people, I'm only sharing my experience and, and what I experienced through the, the places I, I uh, attended. Um, it, you, you really taught, well, in order to leave the Catholic church, you would have to be protesting what it is. The other thing that you're taught is we're kind of all going to heaven. And the best way I can describe it is we're all going to heaven. We just may take a different route. So the fact that you're church of Christ, I don't have a problem with you. You just believe something kind of sort of a little different. We all believe in Jesus and that's all that really matters. We're all going to heaven anyway. It's like, we're all going to Houston. I'm on 45. You chose to go 35, but we're still going to end up in the same place. So therefore, you don't really get into doctrinal conversations. Those things tend not to move people too much because it's so de-emphasized. And that you would probably say that's more of the, the modern teaching of Catholicism today, correct? Because I think if you go back, you know, especially around that time of 
Reformation when the Protestant movement did begin. Uh, you know, in some of my readings there, the Catholic Church was pretty pretty strong. You know, uh, they basically said, hey, you're not with us, you're against us, you're lost, right? Am I on, kind of on the right track? I don't know how much digging you've done, um, Greg. Well, I know there's a lot of history in the Catholic Church, but yeah, I, um, I, I'm speaking pretty much from late 70s to now. Well, late 70s to, to um, early 90s. Uh, well, no, early 2000s. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the religion has changed. And that's the thing about it. When you get into the traditions of men, and then there's also a, uh, a point, and I think it's called El Cathedral. Um, and I'm probably mispronouncing, I don't remember the term anymore, anymore, but it's when the, the Pope can, um, who's supposed to represent the Marvin day Peter. Uh, so, uh, the, the thought, the teaching of Catholicism is that, uh, that the Pope is of the lineage of Peter. And so when it says, when it said on Petros, Peter, uh, I will build my church rather than the statement Peter made, the thought it was. Peter was the foundation of the church and the Pope represents that. And so there are times where he can speak and everything he says is true, uh, is binding. It's almost like he becomes a God. Well, you have tradition that comes in and you have people doing the things they want to do. You know, it's uh, when I lived in Omaha, uh, the congregation of 10 was in a predominantly black uh, neighborhood and it was um, kind of a bad side of the town. And so everyone has, in Catholicism, everything is the same. If you walk from one Catholic church in the middle of one service and go to the, to the next one, you'll pick up. You didn't lose anything because everyone does everything the same. Uh, yeah. So you're supposed to have midnight mass at midnight. Well, they moved midnight mass to 10 o'clock because they didn't want to be in a bad neighborhood at midnight because people shoot guns in there and do all this stuff and they didn't want to be out in that environment. And that became like a big deal. Um, so it, it's very much, the church is very much, uh, or Catholicism is very much also the tradition of man. And so things, you, you move away from the Bible, the more you focus on the tradition of man. I want to take us back to what you were talking about just a second ago, Greg, um, talking about Peter's confession. Uh, it's uh, Matthew chapter 16 for uh, mm-hmm. those of y'all at home following along. Um, but Matthew 16, 16 is when Peter, um, Peter says, it says verse 16, Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You see, um, when Jesus says, you're Peter and on this rock, I'll build my church. The Catholic church has taken that and said, Jesus is going to build his church on Peter. Um, And yet we understand that Jesus is using two different words for rock here. Peter means rock, um, but it's more of like a little rock that you can hold in your hand. And when Jesus says on this rock, he's the Greek word there for rock is this big boulder, this big mountain. When Jesus says on this rock, I will build my church. That's the statement that Peter makes, um, that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. Um, and it's on that statement that Christ builds his church. Um, so I I just wanted to take us back there and kind of uh, clarify that and, and, uh, talk about the scripture you were referencing. 
as yeah, we and, that, and that's it. Uh, that's the scripture that's used to establish the lineage of the Pope. Yeah, and as you as you kind of went on from there, you started talking about uh, the uh, traditions of men. And so, for, for our listeners, if y'all want to actually flip over to Mark chapter seven here, uh, verse that kind of came to my mind. Uh, we'll start in verse five of Mark chapter seven. Uh, and this is Pharisees and scribes asking Jesus. And so the Pharisees and scribes asked him, why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders, but eat with defiled hands? And he said to them, well, did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites as it is written, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me teaching as doctrines, the commandments of men. You leave the commandment of God and hold to the tradition of men. And I have, you know, not done just a, a terrible amount of research with regards to the Catholic Church, but everything that you've been saying and what I do know, that seems to be what has predominantly happened, is there's a lot of tradition that is involved within the Catholic Church, and it's not always based on the Word of God. Yeah, that's absolutely the case. You know, something else, um, as you were talking, Greg, that kind of stuck out to me. Um, you know, you were saying that you're not really encouraged to bring your Bible with you to Mass or any other uh, Catholic service. Um, I just find that really interesting and, and almost kind of comical because when we have VBS, Vacation Bible School, like there's three main things that we encourage the kids to do. One is to bring themselves Two is to bring a friend. And number three is to bring their Bible um, because there's, there's nothing to hide in scripture. There's nothing that we're trying to say, Oh, I really hope somebody doesn't read that because then I'd, I have to kind of explain how, you know, that we, we don't have that literally everything written in scripture um, is what we try to follow. And so it, I, just, I find it very interesting that it's like not encouraged to bring your Bible with you. Um, so, but it along with that thought, it makes me think about Acts chapter 17, verse 11. And, and I'm sure y'all uh, recognize this verse, um, Acts chapter 17. I'm actually going to start in verse 10. Um, it says, The brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. And when they arrived, they went into the Jewish synagogue. And now these Jews were more noble than those in the Thessalonica. Uh, they received the, the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. You see, Paul and Silas are, are here in Berea. They're preaching and, and teaching about Christ. And yet these Jews are, are hearing what Paul's saying and saying, okay, let me check the scriptures. Let me make sure that, that this is true. What I'm being taught is, is according to what I know uh, in the word uh, or, or what, not even what I know, according to what the word says. Um, and that is still, again, what we strive for today. Whenever the, the preacher stands up in the pulpit. Whenever any of us stand up there and present a sermon, we want people to, to fact check us, if you will, um, to see if what we are teaching is so. Um, and so this lack of encouragement to bring your, your Bible with you, this lack of encouragement to do your own study um, versus just, here's what I'm going to tell you. This is, you know, your lesson for the week. This is uh, the thing that I'm going to present to you and it's in other words it to me it just seems very much of like a um you're a child let me let me spoon feed you and don't don't worry about trying to 
to grow up and, and gather your own food and, and to, and to feed yourself. Um, so it, it's very different than what I'm used to and what I've been, uh, I don't know, just, just used to doing my own study. <laughs> Maybe I can expound on that a little bit, um, Dylan, because I, I, one of the things I think I know we probably want to be careful about here, especially as we might have a wide variety here of uh, audience listeners, you know, we don't, we definitely don't want to come, we're not trying to come in here with too, too many presuppositions and, uh, you know, just, oh, the Catholic Church is wrong, you, you know, and, and here's all the mistakes they made, but make, because uh, I think, you know, they, they do try to um, make some legitimate, they try to make some biblical claims. You know, one of the things that, that comes to mind, and it, it maybe will kind of fit into what you're talking about, Dylan, and what we're all talking about right now is, you know, uh, being encouraged, not being encouraged to bring your Bible. Well, why is that? Um, maybe you can speak to this a little bit, Greg, but one of the things I, I've heard before, um, in fact, there's a, I don't remember his name anymore, but um, he was on YouTube. He's kind of a middle, middle-aged Catholic, um, probably still in his middle ages now. And um, he's, he's, he's very influential, I think, in, in the Catholic world, especially among young Catholics who are starting to ask these very same questions. And uh, one of the arguments I heard him make one time was, well, um, and actually I read this in a little book from a, a Catholic church. It's kind of a modern little pamphlet. And one of the arguments that stuck out to me that they were making was that, uh, well, uh, you know, look at the Protestant world, you know, look at how much division there is. And, um, you know, sometimes they'll reference Acts chapter eight, you know, where even the, uh, even, um, the Ethiopian eunuch, you know, he said to Philip in Acts chapter eight, uh, verse 30, 31, when, when Philip asked the eunuch, do you understand what you're reading? He was reading scripture. And so the eunuch um, responded to Philip, do you, know, do you understand what you're reading? He's the, the eunuch said, well, how can I unless someone guides me? And so I've heard sometimes like this Catholic priest in particular make the argument, well, you know, people need help understanding the Bible and God, um, you know, Jesus from the beginning of the institution of the church, he, uh, you know, or he, he organized it in that way that you would have these trained preachers, teachers in the church to pass along the teaching, you know, like Paul said to Timothy, you know, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And I think that's a key verse, right? Second Timothy two, two, where they get that apostolic succession and so forth. Can you speak at all to that, Greg, and um, maybe help our listeners um, yeah. see where we're coming from? Yeah. And when I say that they don't encourage you to read the Bible, it's not that, you know, anyone tells you don't bring your Bible or you'll be in any way criticized for doing it. But it's just out of expediency, the scriptures you receive a book, again, called a lectionary, and the scriptures you need are already laid out in front of you. And so there's just really never a need to bring it uh, because you doing a service, you're not typically, they're not other scriptures were normally not brought in where you need to go back and reference the Bible. And so I, I don't say it from the standpoint of, I didn't, you know, and I don't think you guys took it that way, but I want to make sure everyone is clear. It's not saying it from the standpoint of, oh, well, don't bring your Bible. We're going to give you everything you need. I mean, it's just there listed for you. So you really didn't have to do it. Uh, it was something that was never really discussed or talked about. Just no one ever talked about, bringing a Bible because like I said, the scriptures were provided for you. 
Mm-hmm. So what do you say to someone who says, yeah, you know, well, uh, if, if you're, why is there so much division if, if God has given the Bible for all of us to understand, you know, and, and read, then look at what's happened to the Protestant movement. Now there's 50,000 denominations, so to speak, you know, <laughs> shouldn't it be in the hands of only, uh, you know, trained men, so to speak? What would you say to someone like that? For me, I go back to Proverbs, I think it's Proverbs 3, 5, where it talks about not lean, not on your own understanding and, you, and talking about your own private interpretation. I think part of the mm-hmm. problem is uh, people pick and choose. We had this term uh, back in the day, uh, it was called a cafeteria Catholic, where you pick and chose what you chose to accept. And I think that's a lot of what has happened is that within the various denominations, you pick and choose what you want to believe, the things you like and uh, the things that you like and resonate with you, you accept things that you don't, you just disregard or de-emphasize. And and that's how you get the denominations and you find like-minded people and then you guys all get together and start your own, your your denomination. but what I tell people is you go back, you know, Psalms 119, 16 said, says the sum of thy word is truth. Thy word is true. You have to take all of God's word, not just the piece that you like or the piece that you agree with. Uh, and if you do that, it will lead you to the church that he established that his son bought with his blood. Yeah, and I think there's a difference too between you know being assisted, being we all we all receive help from each other. You know, and it, God's word is a big, it's a big book, you know, and it's a difficult book, and we need that assistance and help from one another. But um, there's a difference between being assisted and helped and not being able to understand the word of God for yourself. You know, and setting up you know these gateway keepers, interpreters in the church who they're the only ones that know how to understand the Bible. And I'm sure you probably can go back in the, a lot of the Catholic tradition and see where they contradicted each other, even, you know, not taught the same thing too. Yeah. Well, anytime you have people speaking um, on their own accord, they, they have different thoughts, different views, different agendas. Um, and anytime you have that occurring, you're, you're going to get conflict. Well, Greg, as we begin to wrap up this discussion, um, I, I kind of want to summarize uh, your thoughts and, um, and I probably am not going to do it very well. So I want you to jump in right after me, <laughs> but um, I guess you'd say, you know, if someone asked you, why did you leave the Catholic church? Um, would you say, you know, I did more studying. I, I realized that there's um, more to the Bible than um, i previously understood can can you just kind of summarize for us if someone asked you why did you leave the catholic church what would you say i would say i developed a faith of my own um i actually you know like i said i grew up catholic so uh, i went to mass every sunday went to tuesday evening we had bible study um and so i never really challenged what i was taught as a child uh it wasn't until that fateful day that someone challenged my faith and we sat down she said you know what let's do a bible study and literally tanya and i would go there at 6 30 7 o'clock and sometimes uh we wouldn't leave there until 11 12 o'clock at night hmm. um, and we would just go through god's word and and i got 
familiar with the concept of it's not about what I feel, it's not about what I think, it's what's thus said the word. And it, if it wasn't book, chapter, verse, then it, it, it left my belief system. And once that occurred, then it actually was pretty easy. Hmm. Interesting. Well, uh, guys, do y'all have any kind of closing questions for Greg or comments or anything? Uh, I'll just close out by saying thank you for coming on and uh, talking about this. And I uh, do want to echo what, what Dan was saying. I, you know, I hope I didn't come across personally as attacking anything. Um, you know, we're, we're all here to, you know, seek out the truth and, and to start a conversation about the Bible. And uh, I think the thing that I want to encourage our listeners to do as well as uh, each of ourselves is to start a conversation about the Bible with somebody who may be of the Catholic faith and just talk with them and, and see uh, what their thoughts are and, and try and have a Bible study, you know, because mm-hmm. you never know, you may find another Greg who's willing to sit down and study. So, yeah. Or, or of any faith don't have to just seek out uh, Catholics to study with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I'll just say too, uh, I'm just so encouraged to, to hear your words again, Greg, I know I've heard your story before, but I'm always encouraged again because, you know, it reminds me of the power of God's word. And uh, that's what scripture tells us that the, the word of God is the power to salvation. And so I hope we can encourage our listeners, you know, uh, exactly what the early Christians did in Acts uh, 17, verse 11, you know, that they were fair-minded and they received the word with all readiness and they searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. So thanks again for coming on to be with us, Greg. And um, any other closing thoughts? Yeah. Uh, thank you, Greg. Uh, really appreciate you coming on. This has been a great study. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. You guys have a blessed day. You too. All right. God bless. Thank you so much for listening to the Bible Conversations podcast. I want to tell you about a couple of ways in which you can be involved or help us out. You can like us on Facebook and share our posts. You can send us an email at kcocbibleconversations at gmail.com. You can follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can even leave a review on Apple Podcasts. We're also partnering with Ministry League. This is a wonderful app full of so many different resources to help you grow your faith. We love you all. Now let's go start a conversation.